You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome in. Minor Talk is live. Along with Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bradis. We are back in action, and the Miners are back in their winning ways. They defeated UTSA 69-57, to and uh, if you are uh, coming off a roller coaster of emotions after this victory. Well, your feelings are justified. I mean, this one was very interesting all around, right? Because UTSA gets off to a 19 to 5 lead. The Roadrunners led at one point 19 to 5. I just I couldn't believe what was going on. UTSA shot 8 of 11 from the field. UTEP was 2 of 11 to start shooting wise. They had no points, zero points in four plus minutes. Um, this hovered right around the 10-minute mark of the first half, and then the Miners stormed back. It was first a 12-2 run, then they built it to a 14-2 run, and that got all the way up to a 19-2 run over seven minutes. The Miners' defense really clamped down. They didn't allow a single UTSA field goal in six-plus minutes. Uh, they forced three turnovers in uh, 90 seconds during that stretch. And the Miners rallied back in the first half, and they never looked back. UTEP went up 24-21, a little back and forth here and there by UTSA, and the Miners led 30-27 to at the half. And then uh, they started to get some quick three-pointers going to come out of the second half. Uh, they exploded out at one point off to a nine-point lead, and then they just built on it You know, um, throughout the second half. Now, there was a point with about three minutes left, I would say, in the game, in which UTSA started to come back. It was 57-53, three minutes to go, and then free throws started becoming a little bit of an issue. Hardy goes 0-for-1 at the line in a a bonus situation. Givens goes 1-of-2 in in the next free throw uh, attempts by the Miners. But then Calvin Solomon at the 134-minute mark. Game is in crunch time situation. He goes 2-for-2 at the free throw line. Shamar Givens on the other end, 2-for-2 at the free throw line and I think that's where UTEP can take some positive things away from this game they can learn from their mistakes in games past in the past four games in the past four losses UTEP has not been good down the stretch when it comes to making free throws La Tech they couldn't make free throws Rice forget about it UAB the reason they lost in double overtime was because they could not make free throws down the stretch and even if you don't want to credit uh uh, free throws for the reason as to why Kent State defeated the Miners in the uh, championship game of the Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational. Uh, I still think that they that had to, that the free throws uh, was a determining factor in that loss for the Miners in that game back in December. So a full circle moment right here for UTEP. They make free throws in late game situations. Mario McKinney stepped up, made a couple free throws late in the game as well. Miners rally big time defensively and clamp down against a far inferior uh, UTSA team. And this, this right here, Sal, the after the 10-minute mark of the first half, that is the UTEP basketball team that can play to the highest levels. That's the team that can compete with the best of them in Conference USA. But the team that you saw in the first 10 minutes, that's the that's the minor team that kind of holds this team back a little bit. Yeah, and and you're you're as strong as they say you're as strong as your weakest link. Well, also to your best moments can can you know be balanced out or even uh, overshadowed by the worst moments. So 
if we ratio it out, it was it was three to one. You know, thirty minutes sure. to to thirty ten or thirty good minutes to ten bad minutes. But you know, through it all, they were able to build a form of consistency and have that stretch for a long period, which is what people are wanting to see more of. Yeah, it's very true, Sal. And you know, it's interesting you say that because consistency is what the starting unit did not have they they did not come out with any consistency uh they lacked intensity I felt like they looked a little flat and then the second you know Joe Golding did something tonight that we haven't seen him do all year long he emptied the bench almost what three four minutes into the game Uh, he emptied the entire bench he took out all his starters he grilled them he challenged them and he wanted them to do better the second unit comes in and they start getting a little spark here and there but they're already down i mean uh utsa is up seven to nothing then they then they build that up to ten to three before the starters get pulled uh utsa is is uh, off to a 17 to 5 lead and then that's when you know they start to put in all the subs the subs start to rally yeah. back and help the the miners in kind of coming back in that first half and you got to give credit to guys like Jonathan Dosanjos like Think of where Jonathan Dosanjo started the season, right? I mean, that's right. He he was injured in the game against Texas when he came off the bench in his first game here. He was the first commit for this entire team. He was the first guy to commit to this team way back last December. So he's been, you know, about this UTEP basketball program for over a calendar year. And somebody who has really fought through these injuries uh, has fought his way back into the mix and really showed today how he can be a difference maker and a, and a significant contributor to this basketball team. That's encouraging. That's a step forward, and that's something that we haven't seen in the past four games. There hasn't been that guy who's really stepped up in the absence of others and and made winning plays that ended up leading to a victory for this UTEP basketball team. Yeah, and it's especially so early on in the game too. I mean, when we look at what DeSantis was able to do in that in that sample size, which was uh, like 10, maybe 11 minutes or so. Right. He was impactful throughout. I mean, he average, he gets more um he has like two more minutes than his points, but he's almost a point per minute out there and when we talk about a team who's looking for some spark plugs, some type of offense, hey, at least going off of this game, hey, when DeSantis is out there, you're going to get about a point per minute every time he's on there. Um, and then when you look at um, him taking care of the ball, no turnovers as well. So there's really no negatives uh, when you look at, at his performance today. It was much needed. And um, also, too, kind of standard. Like, that's what you want to see out of him because we know that's what he's capable of, night and, in, night out. And maybe this is the emergence of yeah. DeSantis from moving forward. Maybe he t- transitions to more, like we mentioned, a contributor, significant yeah. contributor off the bench for this basketball team. And that's exactly what they need out of him. Uh, again, UTEP defeats UTSA 69-57. Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. Check him out online, OscarArietaAgency.com. He's my insurance agent for my home insurance and for my auto insurance, and I actually bundled and saved when I chose the Oscar Arietta Agency uh, way back when. I've been a customer for, I would say, five-plus years now. No joke. I mean, this is not an ad read or anything. This is all all truth. Uh, Oscar Arietta Agency, my only insurance agent. 
agent that I would trust and the official insurance agent of UTEP basketball. Also want to mention, we will get to our awards later on in the show, our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso, and then our player of the game, thanks to Keats Southwest. If you'd like to get in on the show, our telephone number tonight is 915-505-6009. Our telephone is open for business. Got a lot of tweets to get to. Uh, That's 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, But back to the game real quick. Okay, so UTSA, they go up 19-5 to in this game. And then the Miners rally back with that Mm -hmm. huge run. And I I marked down the lineup who was in at this point. And Sal, I want to ask you, is this the best lineup, okay, that UTEP has? Ready for this? Yeah. So at the four... And the five, they kind of went the hybrid low, uh, the hybrid forward. Okay, so they went Calvin Solomon, Jonathan Dos Anjos. They had Otis Frazier the third at the wing, and then they had Givens and Hardy in the backcourt. So you don't have Kalu or Zarek Onyema, Kevin Kalu or Zarek Onyema. So you don't go with the true big. You don't go with the center on in this lineup. But in this lineup right here, you don't have McKinney, so you lose a little scoring there. But you gain a little bit of an advantage having Otis Frazier as that kind of swing guy, um, you know, who could be a 3 and D player for you. Yeah. You gain a little bit more also by having uh, Dos Anjos and Solomon play uh, beside each other. I like those two two playing together and I know we haven't seen those two play on the court to, uh, at the same time a lot this season but maybe that's something to build on what, what do you think as far as uh, that lineup specifically I, I like it I think it's something to build on for sure is as far as the best um, it's hard to say and it's not that I don't agree with it I think it just depends what is the personnel like out there however though I, I say this right like as far as matchups go how can you how can you counter it but Maybe this could be the lineup that teams have to counter for. So instead of UTEP yeah. making the adjustment to you, how about they try to make the adjustment to what you got going on? Because if they can build that, then that's one part of what we talked about that they need all season long, and that's an identity. Yeah, there you go. I like I like how you phrase that right there. I would also say this. Maybe if we're talking about UTEP's objectively their best lineup, maybe Mm. it has to include Mario McKinney. I I think that has to be one of those things. So I I looked at Ken Palm to kind of give me – Ken Palm, by the way, if if people are listening to Minor Talk for the first time, we reference their website, KenPalm.com. They are the uh, Bible, in my opinion, of advanced uh, analytics in college basketball. And they do a deep dive in everything. They they tell you the most efficient lineups that – UTEP has, and they also tell you the most frequent lineups that UTEP has had, especially over the last five games. Okay, so the lineup that gets the most minutes for UTEP basketball is the following, okay? Shamar Givens at the point guard, uh, Tay Hardy at shooting guard, Otis Frazier at the small forward position, uh, you have uh, Calvin Solomon, and then Zarek Onyema. Those five players right there have played most consistent, most frequently uh, together over the course of this season. Now, the most efficient lineup that Ken Palm will spit out to you, ready for this, Sal? Uh, a very similar lineup that I just read out to you um, that, that I really like today and that helped the Miners rally back in this contest, but with the caveat, okay? So, Shamar Givens at the point guard, Tay Hardy at the small forward spot, Mario McKinney at the shooting guard, so they're already going small. Otis Frazier at the four, and then Calvin Solomon at the five. So a true small lineup for UTEP basketball. Ken Palm, advanced analytics of basketball, take it for what it is. I mean, it's it's not the be-all, end-all, but it's it's just math right here that they put together. 
Ken Palm says that is UTEP's most efficient lineup uh, that they have right now. That's it's kind of interesting, right, Sal? It's interesting because because um, of the difference for both, but they're really not that different. Because I, I, I compared the two, and also the one that you threw out that uh, we just mentioned with Dos Anjos on there. It's four out of the same five in all of those categories. So, it, and it's not so much a position. Um, as much as a, I don't know if it's a guy or, or a position because it fluctuates because it's not the same position when you're looking at the three different scenarios. We have a Dos Anjos in there um, in your scenario, Onyema's in the the first uh, one of the stats that you read, yep. and then it's um, it's McKinney who's a guard. So it's kind of like it, as long as those four guys are out there. It's like, are you building around them? And that's kind of what this all shows. Yeah, it's kind of interesting right there when you, when you break it down like that too, Sal. And I would I would just be curious from some of our listeners, especially those who are minor diehards, what's your favorite lineup that you've seen so far from this UTEP basketball team? Maybe not the go-to lineup because I think that's unfair, right? To For me to say that I want that small lineup to start basketball games, no. I, I like their starting lineup. Yeah. I like these guys coming off the bench and being uh, in at the most impactful times that's where I'm looking at who's the meat of the starting or not the starting lineup who's the meat of the lineup for this basketball team at at all phases through the game you know and and some of these guys could be part of those um, efficient stats when when they're coming off the bench you know it's it's based off who's on the floor at the same time so it's interesting to see how it all plays out of course the game plays the way it's gonna uh, play out but when you have these things to kind of make you think more about it Um, It gives you a little bit more curiosity as to what this team can be like, you know, middle of middle of February, end of uh, or start of March. Yeah, and that's an interesting point you bring up, Sal. And I think it ties into what I was talking about right here. So I, I think there's no right answer. There's no right answer to the right starting lineup, the most impactful starting lineup for this basketball team. And what you just alluded to right there is we still have unknowns about this basketball team. I can't remember a year where you had this many unknowns about what the ceiling is for this basketball team all the way here in mid-January. Last year, you still kind of saw the ceiling, right? You saw, hey, Sule Boom is going to take you to this level. Jamal Biennemi, when you have him in the backcourt, he can take you here. You know, Titus Verhoeven, he can only get here, but he's still very prolific as far as the defenders. So I I feel like last year, we kind of knew by this point what the ceiling was for this team and where this team uh, stood in Conference USA. Now, this year's team... Which is uh, nine and seven right now, and two and three in conference play. I still don't know, and and maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's not a good thing. But I don't know what kind of ceiling this team has. I will say this: they've proven that they can compete against the best teams in conference USA, a la two overtime game against UAB, and they prove that they could struggle against some of the. I don't want to say the worst teams, but just the bottom tier of conference, yeah. you would say, just like they did today in the first 10 minutes against UTSA. And, and you know what? In all seriousness, I know we're kind of going into like the lineups and what they could be, but all in all, I think this is a game that they should have dominated going into this one. That's not to take credit away. There was consistency, and that's what you wanted to see, so all credit to them. Um, 
But this is kind of what people expect from the team against a team like UTSA. It's against UAB. It's against La Tech, you know, North Texas, uh, the upper echelon of Conference USA, uh, Rice now as well. Um, How are you going to respond against those teams? Because those teams are going to be the ones uh, like the roadblock games. Are you going to overcome those roadblocks? And that's that's where we want to see this type of play applied. And I also think it's important to not just you know go to toe to toe with those teams that you just mentioned, Sal. Yeah. But you got to beat them. You you just bottom line, you have to beat those teams in order to take that next step as a program. And, and you know what, too, even then, the, their effort and their style of play is always going to have them, you know, in the area, so to speak. It's bringing it home, and that's when you do the fundamental things properly. Um, they took better care of the basketball today than they normally do, uh, but still, though, when when it comes down to it for um, for this basketball team, when you're also making your free throws, that gives you the ability to keep a team like UTSA away. Can you do it against UAB and all those teams? That's what we want to see because we know they're capable of it. Yeah, they definitely are. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. As we continue here on Minor Talk, you can tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. All right, enough of us. Let's uh, let's finally get to some <laughs> tweets. Uh, I, I just had to go on my soapbox. I, I had that in my head this whole time, and you know I'm I'm happy that we uh, addressed a lot of this stuff today, Sal. Uh, Pinky, who I saw today courtside, uh, he tweeted the show. He said, "It's not how you start; it's how you finish." Few turnovers and few three and free throws were actually made. Great minor win. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, that's coming in from Pinky. This coming from Joe Chacon. Free throws, check. Out rebound, check. Which, by the way, great stat right there that um, I, I think voice of the minors, John Teicher and Steve Yellen referenced in the postgame. Miners have out rebounded opponents six straight games or something along those lines. Great um, stat right there. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I'll look that up. A quote from uh, Joe Chacon again. He says, free throws, check. Out rebound, check. Create turnovers and score off them, check. Beat a team that we should be way better than check struggle and give headaches to all minor fans to start the game (laughs) check did i miss anything question mark oh wait hashtag repping from colorado now hashtag midweek games Mm. i from joe chacon uh maybe maybe joe chacon is uh is a working man and uh midweek games make him go i because he's got to go to work tomorrow i don't know but Maybe it's a combination of all of it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, this coming from UTEP Zay. Uh, UTEP head coach Joe Golding on the status of Malik Zachary. By the way, Malik Zachary not on the bench tonight for UTEP basketball. Uh, Malik Zachary, the backup point guard to Shamar Givens, uh, was not on the road trip to La Tech either. And if I'm not mistaken, Malik Zachary did miss some time in non-conference play. Here is Joe Golding talking about it in UTEP Zay's uh, post uh, that he tweeted us here on minor talk who's it need a win um, ton of respect for them as far as Malik he's just taking some personal time we support him 100 percent um, and, and hopefully he'll be back soon um, but but uh, he's just getting needed some time away so uh, it's kind of the same thing that happened earlier we just don't want to put out another statement you know so he's just got some personal things going through and we again our team myself uh, ad we all support him 100 percent Okay, well, that's uh, very encouraging right there. Nothing wrong to, I I guess, to raise a red flag or raise concern about when it comes to his status on the team. Uh, Coach Joe Golding assuring that he is just away right now, needed personal time, 
is what uh, what he said. And, you know, something similar as before, just didn't want to put out a statement, according to Coach Golding. Uh, appreciate UTEP Zay. And, hey, UTEP Zay behind the camera tonight, Sal. He's yeah. uh, behind the lens uh, in tonight's contest. I, I saw the shots, too. Uh, good job, man. He's killing it. You know what? I feel terrible because – and it wasn't my fault. It wasn't his fault. But he comes over at halftime. We're editing – or we're trying to edit. Yeah. And literally he puts – we have like an, an adapter so it'll hook up to your iPhone. Oh, Plugs oh. it in, no no pictures in the camera. Like literally says that. So I'm telling him, dude, hopefully tomorrow we can try to retrieve it or something. Okay. But can you imagine like shooting a whole game, like uh, you know, as a as a photographer, and then uh, coming out <laughs> at halftime, being so fired up about your photos, and then saying, wait a second, I don't see a single photo here. You, you know what? I'll say this: as long as you've done it. You've come into instances where it's like, what the heck just happened? That's right. Hey, and, and that's, look uh, at you now. So, Zay, don't even sweat it, man. You're going to be fine. It's the learning process. That's right. That's right. Um, let's keep it moving. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Uh, this came in from earlier today. I did mention that uh, UTEP legends Greg Foster and Johnny Melvin were in attendance tonight. Uh, UTEP Minetto, in response, I saw Greg Foster at the Sam's on the west side with his wife. I didn't want to bother him. That's what uh, he tweeted this show about uh and he said uh he also followed it up with the win after the win tonight by saying this is what the miners are all about i hope Mm -hmm. uh minor fans i hope the so-called minor fans can give uh their fingers a rest i guess he's talking about how people on twitter were really upset so uh give your twitter fingers a rest right now utep fans were a little upset um this coming in from caesar cubillos our man, our pal. That game was like my high school girlfriend. Not pit, not pretty and often frustrating, but it ended the slump. <laughs> oh, man. Good to be back on the winning side of things and send UTSA to their new conference with an L. That If we had tweet of the night, that would easily win tweet of the night. Come on. <laughs> Well, so there's good. one more game uh, to be played, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. Good one. Uh, Chris Banks, 21. The lights were shut on the new arena and the Haskins Center. LOL. Um, huh. That's funny, Chris. I'm, uh, yeah. Uh, the delay was very interesting. I mean, we were just scrambling yeah. over here. I felt like minor fans scrambled a little bit more, right? Because they were lined up outside and they were having to wait for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to be let in and they were the ones who probably were I guess the most worried or uh came out with the most um I, I don't know yeah it, and you know what I think it was I think it was a combination of a lot of things one um you know I, I saw some tweets where some people didn't even know what was going on right and this is about maybe 10 minutes or so after uh we we had found out from John uh, about it that that it was announced on air so I mean, they're finding out after the fact and then starting to get cold. And then also on top of that, they couldn't even go inside at the very least. I mean, maybe there's safety protocols. I get that. But it's about three, four, maybe five things that they were probably frustrated about. So I got to the arena at exactly 6.58 or like 6.59. Like I bolted out of here. And when I got there, um, there were not that many people in line. So I think the uh, the people at UTEP did a great job of getting people in the arena as soon as and quickly as, as possible. As they could, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was – I mean, that's that's good right there. That's encouraging. So, hey, a little delay early on. I get it. People didn't get a chance to get in the arena early. But, uh, hey, nonetheless, it was all good. Uh, the short yeah. was fixed. The, so. the team made up for it, so it's all right. There you go. I they, like that. Hey, they played lights out. 
Oh my gosh, Sal. That's why that's why you're the man here. I love that. Um hey, uh, our telephone number 9155056009. UTEP defeats UTSA 69 to 57. Let's do this. Let's take a timeout right now. Let's also uh, pause for our station identification during this break as well as you're listening to Minor Talk brought to you by the Oscar Agatha Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues along with Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. They've got several locations in El Paso, all the way from the west side. You can find them on the east side of El Paso, central as well. Find them wherever. All you have to do is just go to oscaradiataagency.com and check them out for home, auto, life, and even commercial insurance. That's the Oscar Arieta Agency Proud locally owned insurance agent and the official agent of UTEP Miners. Um, also want to mention uh, that we will get to our awards later on in the show, our hot hand of the game. That's uh, thanks to Keith Southwest and our player of the game brought to you by uh, that's uh, Keith Southwest and our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Uh, let's go back to Twitter. We're at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, that's 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. This coming in from UTEP Mineto again. He uh, he applauds Cesar Cubillos. He says, "You have the words of a true and loyal minor fan." Okay, so he's chiming in, being excited about that. This coming in from uh, Brandon Cox. This was during the game. I can definitely tell. Uh, he says, "UTEP is the worst team in Conference USA." Um, well, Brandon, how uh, the tides have turned with that <laughs> one, huh? It's so funny, you know, right? Like, yeah. Sal, uh, we've done this for so long that we've become, I, I guess, so. Well, what's what's the right word? We Not accustomed. Yeah, I, I would say so. We, we're used to watching UTEP fans overreact on Twitter in like a 10-minute span and then completely change their take uh, by the night's end. Or, you know, however you want to say it in that in that regard. Sometimes yeah. they'll get really excited right away, talk about all this stuff, and then, you know, sometimes conversely they'll say, what's going on, we're horrible, we, this is the worst season ever. It's just like overreaction on both sides of this that uh, we, we've become numb to watching UTEP fans overreact on Twitter, right? Yeah, and I think it's because they're reacting one part um, because there's no consistency, so it's like which one is it going to be? But also, too, uh, for satirical purposes, of course, they're just matching the energy of the team. I mean, okay. hey, first 10 <laughs> minutes, um, you know, we saw how they played. You know that's how they were playing that quarter as well. It wasn't looking good, but that second half, you see the way they played, and um, yeah, they were fans are excited about that part. Hey, our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. I got a couple storylines to mention. Uh, I want to talk a lot about some of these players individually uh, tonight, just because it's been a while since we've talked about these players at length. Uh, I mentioned I talked a little bit about Calvin Solomon earlier, and I really think it, it needs to be said again. He had struggled mightily in some of the past couple games, it, it, hitting free throws in key moments, and also turning the ball over uh, in inopportune times. I think that those were some of the problems that we saw with Calvin Solomon. But the uh, Stephen F. Austin transfer showed tonight that hey, he he improved. He's got that growth. I loved what he did off the glass. Nine rebounds in this game. He also chipped in with. 
six points, and he hit two uh, really clutch free throws down in this uh, in the late part of this game. He had only two turnovers, which is definitely an improvement from where his season average usually lies at, and then uh, three steals on defense along with a block, which was a monstrous block in this game. Uh, you know, Calvin Solomon made his presence felt tonight, and I, I thought his game was really solid. Uh, I, it's, I really also liked the game tonight mm-hmm. that I saw from uh, uh, John Dosanjos. J- speaking of the forward position uh, in particular, UTEP got a lot from their two forwards tonight in Solomon and Dosanjos. And I, I thought with John coming in, 14 minutes off the bench, scoring 10 points. That's impressive right there. I like that. I think that um, you can continue to get more from him uh, as the season goes along, especially in that front court. Uh, the back court tonight, it struggled early, but then it really rallied late in the game. Tay Hardy, Shamar Givens really stepped up in the late part of this one. Uh, Hardy finished off with a team-high 15, and then Givens with uh, 12 tonight. Givens also four assists, uh, three turnovers in this game, and then on on the glass, he also chipped in with four rebounds. So, I mean, what, what do you think, Sal, as far as individual performances? Yeah. Who'd you like tonight? Oh, man, there, there's so many of them. I think if I have to pick one that stands out the most, um, it's those Sanjos. I know it's like, hey, he's four for five and it looks pretty. And I think one of those was kind of like just a heave. But that's just the night that he was having. And when you can get that off the bench, I think that's the most impressive part because we know what Tay Hardy can do. And he was incredible today. And you also look at Shamar Givens as well. Like both of those guys commanded, um, you know, respect and attention when they were on the floor tonight on the offensive and defensive side. So that's uh, that's what points out to me for the guards. And as far as the bigs, yeah, there was the struggle early, but they complemented each other early on uh, right after they noticed that. And they kind of finished that out throughout the game. So it's really hard to pick. But if I could kind of just talk about the entire group really quickly, everybody who stepped on the floor recorded something tonight they did something positive for their team everybody scored except Hamilton but he got his assist so he's still contributing that's what I like I also like the fact that uh some of these guys had some bad moments in this game I mean let's be honest like the first 10 minutes I I I did not see a lot of good from some of these guys but they rallied back and they fought back which is something you can appreciate with this group right like hey you might get punched in the face at some point but they're gonna punch you twice back and uh I, I like that I like that about this team they never stop fighting um, when it comes to these games. But uh, a couple other stats to reel off that are just kind of really important to look at. First half, field goal uh, percentage – 37 or excuse me 39 percent from the field uh in the first half then beyond the arc 25 percent that number jumped up significantly in the second half miners hit four of nine from the three point uh from three point range in the second half 44 percent uh from three point land which is very impressive and then they shot 52 percent from the field in the second half as well uh and then as a game they improved from their free throw percentage 11 of 15 at 73 percent wow Sal what a drastic improvement Uh, and it's crazy that we say that but it really is it's a drastic improvement at the charity stripe and and they hit them when they needed to I mean you want to see this build game after game but this is how you start that and and I think for them to take care of the 
better uh, take better care of the ball uh, tonight for majority of the part of the game was impressive. And then the free throws, too. And those two things are what we've been wanting to see. And I know it's UTSA. We'll, we'll see what they do against Rice. But you got to build some form of momentum. A couple other storylines. All right, so we touched on some of the players right now. A couple other storylines that I definitely want to mention. Tonight we saw Elijah Jones uh, in attendance. Now, why is this important? Well, Elijah Jones is the uh, true freshman um, that, that ended up playing at East Carolina, or I should say um, he did not end up playing at East Carolina. He ended up transferring mid-year. He did not, um, he did not waste a single season of his eligibility uh, upon transferring away from East Carolina. He is somebody who played at Mount Zion Prep, and if that sounds familiar, that's mm. because Otis Frazier uh, third played basketball there in high school as well. Elijah Jones was there, and man, this guy has size, Sal. He's, he was standing up when everybody was like huddling up together on the bench. He's six foot eight, and he was standing near Derek Hamilton and guys like Zarek Onyema. Like he he pretty much goes toe to toe with yeah. those guys. He's a little he's a little slimmer. He's kind of has more like picture a six foot eight Alfred Hollins. You know, Alfred Hollins was what six five six six. Um, he's kind of like a six foot eight Alfred Hollins, not not as broad as Bryson Williams is and kind of lengthy as Will- Bryson Williams yeah. is because he was six foot eight as well. But I thought he, you know, he's just built a little different. Um, Elijah Jones. Uh, yeah. I just, I liked what I saw from him. He was so fired up today, Sal, which is also kind of cool, right? I mean, he's not even playing on the team. Yeah. He's probably known these guys for what, three weeks at most. And he's out there like fired up more than he's more excited than anybody on the, on the bench. There was one point where I sit pretty, far away from the bench or kind of far away like you know I have my distance I should say yeah I have my distance from the bench even though I sit behind them okay um but there was one point where he's basically like hovering over my table because he's so excited and he wants to watch the possession on the other end of the floor which is cool I mean uh, Elijah Jones again the East Carolina transfer he is not uh, available this year to play, but he will be available next year, and he's got four years of eligibility left under his belt. So Elijah Jones, yeah. a name to know. That, that's exciting because energy is contagious. Yep, you there you go. I, mean? I like that a lot. And, it's very true. To, to see somebody excited like that, especially when they're not even playing, is incredible because guys are feeding off of that. And you know, when he's on, when he's out there, oh man, I can't imagine. Yeah. Be like. So I'm excited to see what he could do. Um, another uh, storyline to mention tonight, it's uh, the former UTEP head coach, Rodney Terry. Let's uh, hats off to him. We got to give him an applause. Texas is 7-1 and one since Rodney Terry has taken over as head coach for the Longhorns. The Longhorns tonight, they were down by 18 points to TCU. By the way, TCU, uh, you mentioned to me, Sal, quality win. They're 13-3, 17th in the country. They are a very quality team. Big 12 is full of quality teams from top to bottom. Texas rallies back down 18 points, and they beat them 79-75. The one thing I will say about this, though, we're going to give all the credit to Rodney Terry in the world, but it was so interesting to see on social media people, Texas fans, overreact just like UTEP fans overreacted two years ago as soon as things went wrong under Terry. I mean, it was like, I was like, wow, this is this is so funny. Yeah. I mean, 
You know, this is what happened. But hey, you got to give all the kudos to him. As fan, I literally saw Barstool Longhorns uh, talk about how much they already miss Chris Beard and talk about how they're already looking forward to the next head coach. They taught, they wrote, this was an actual tweet by Barstool Longhorns uh, today on social media, already talking about how much uh, they want another coach. And you know what? That's unfair, Sal, because Rodney Terry right now, former UTEP coach, we're here on Minor Talk. We're talking all things minors. He's got to get credit for 7-1. and one. He has to. Uh, I mean, whether it be they should have dominated this game, they should have dominated that uh, that game, whatever the case is. He has them seven and one, and also uh, has beaten some uh, some good teams. Uh, Rice, we know that Texas should beat Rice. Let's not get that twisted. But that's still a, a good win. That's a game that you should win. Um, and to start things off, I think was great there. But after that, right, they get a win against Stanford, then they drop a hundred on Louisiana, and for whatever reason, they're they're scoring a large amount of points. Eighty-seven against Rice, a hundred Louisiana, ninety-seven A uh, and M. Uh, I believe it's Commerce, if I'm not mistaken uh probably commerce but either way though then they still drop 103 in that 116 uh, to 103 loss so they're scoring a lot of points in the meanwhile can they sustain that success but Either way, though, big win against TCU after a big win over Oklahoma State. Yeah, and they've got uh, an interesting schedule when you just look at what Texas has ahead of them. Um, we mentioned that Texas, again, uh, is is ranked number 10 in the country. They've got Texas Tech this Saturday. They've got Iowa State on Tuesday. And then they got West Virginia next Saturday. So a tough stretch right here for the Longhorns coming up. Um, those two games, Iowa State, West Virginia, both on the road. I don't know if those are wins right there. Those might be lost. Uh, maybe they don't lose both, but at least one of them feels like a loss. We'll, we'll end up, we'll wait and see how this Longhorn season continues, and we'll provide a lot of those updates here on the show for obvious reasons. Um, Want to also mention the Conference USA scoreboard? Boy, what a what a league this really is! What yep. a challenging gauntlet of a league Conference USA is. And every time I try to think that I've got it figured out, I don't. I, I just bottom line, I, I just don't. Um, North Texas defeated Louisiana Tech tonight by a uh, a final. I think it was like a buzzer beater victory tonight, sixty seven sixty five. You also had another overtime victory. It was Florida Atlantic, who by the way is the best team in Conference USA right now, defeating Florida International seventy seven seventy three. Man, they, they just have so many players, and the they knocked out the Miners last year in the Conference USA, or actually, I'm sorry, two years ago in the Conference USA tournament. Um, Michael Forrest is a name that I think my uh, minor fans have known for years at Florida Atlantic. And uh, yeah, the Owls are just such a strong team. 15 and 1 overall right now. Middle Tennessee defeated Rice. Also a weird game right there, 71 68. Um, I'm just confused. I mean, there's just a lot of parity in this league. Not to mention, uh, speaking of some of the best teams in Conference USA, Western Kentucky. Downing UAB eighty mm. to seventy eight. A lot of parity in this league, Sal. Yeah, and this lets me know that I cannot wait for the Conference USA basketball tournament because if we're getting games like this and it's it's barely January, we know teams can get better throughout a period. But who's not to say that all of these teams can get better amongst each other, which makes a really really uh, good Conference USA. You know, uh, you know, first round. You know, and then quarterfinals, whatever the case is, I think we could be in for a lot of good games come the tournament. Yeah, that tournament is going to be so much fun. Man. Every single game is going to be a blast. Um, you t- you spoke about getting better. Um, speaking of getting better, man, year after year, Sule Boom, 
Do mm. not take Sule Boom for granted. Uh, the Xavier Musketeers right now uh, are also among some of the best teams in the country. They are 12th in the country right now, 14-3 and overall, 9-1 and at home. They took on a very tough Clay- uh, Creighton Blue Jays team tonight, and they eked out a 90-87 to victory in which Sule Boom in this contest had 26 points on 9 of 18 scoring. He also contributed with Eight, uh, excuse me, five rebounds, eight assists, a steal, and just uh, and zero turnovers. Eight assists, zero turnovers, twenty six points, five rebounds for Sule Boom tonight in a ninety to eighty seven victory against Creighton. This man's just so yeah. impressive. Uh, this year on the year, uh, Sule is averaging seventeen points, four rebounds, five assists, and shooting fifty percent from the floor. He's also shooting forty percent. Uh, let me get this right. No, let me make sure this is right. 47% from three-point range. Um, I'm just so proud of Sule Boom. I, I, why do I say that word proud? But I, I just feel like he graduated from UTEP. <laughs> Happy this is for like, him, yeah. Yeah, this, I, I'm proud of him. He graduated from UTEP. He holds UTEP in a special place in his heart. We're going to get him on the show, whether it's minor talk or sports talk at some point. Yeah. We're, we got to revisit and, and um, revisit some memories and visit with Sule Boom, who is absolutely killing it out there right now. But Xavier and Sule Boom, um, that's a team that could be playing in March as well, Sal. And I'm excited to see what kind of run uh, Xavier could make. You know, Sule Boom, we've we seen the progress here at UTEP, but this is just a whole other level. Not to say we're surprised or, or anything or we're not surprised. Um, we knew the potential, but to see it manifest and, and really just show up on a national stage makes you excited for, for March, you know, April. So I'm excited to see what he could do because – this is next level type of basketball he's playing. I don't think people realize how how special it is what he's doing right now. Yeah, he, he's. Uh, do not take that guy for granted in college basketball. Period. Do not take Sule Boom for granted. Uh, a couple tweets to get to, then we'll turn it over to awards and we'll wrap this one up here on the show. Um, if you want to duck in a late call, nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. That's the telephone number. Uh, Caesar Cubillos tweets the show. I used to see Johnny Smooth Melvin at Cajun Cafe over thirty years. ago. Ago when I was a freshman, that place is long gone. No one under fifty would remember that place. We have no clue what you're talking about, Caesar. Nope. nope. But uh, appreciate that, man. Uh, <laughs> we'll still read it on. And for everybody who's over fifty, they they can reminisce with you. Um, Texan till I die at UTEP Milkman. Milkman are one of our famous callers here on the show. Hashtag minor talk. I'm thinking this might be the win that starts the turning of this year's fortunes. Considering UTSA has stolen everything from UTEP, including our colors, the pick sign, at least they'll remember where they got it, including this loss when they switch conferences. Uh, hashtag minor talk. That's coming from Milkman. Yeah. Okay. You got to get in where you fit in. So if UTSA is doing uh, football... Got to do it in basketball. How does UTSA trans, um, you know, transfer over to the AAC with this basketball program? Is that like mean? Well, is that is that like how harsh am I being? Because this is like a this is a team that plays in the Convocation Center that looks like a high school basketball arena. It's really bad. Yeah, and they're tra- they're going over to the American Athletic next year in basketball too. Well, <laughs> I I don't know um, what. Coach Henson's contract is like to close out UTSA. 
I don't know if this is a contract year or not. I'll have to look at it, but maybe they have plans in place, but they want to ride this out this year. Henson's been at the helm. I think this is you know year seven, if I'm not mistaken. He's been there for a while and and just hasn't really gotten things. Yeah, been there since 2017. Hasn't really gotten much going over there as far as a, a ton of wins. I mean, best overall record UTSA had uh, 2019, 17 and 15. Um, I, I would guarantee that team. Uh, had CUSA's leading scorer at the time. Name is escaping me, but I will look at I, this. Is it um, – hold on. Javon Jackson. There it is. And they had two guards. They that, did. That were uh, that was a deadly duo, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right, Sal. Anyways, uh, to uh, to continue off that, it's a good tweet there, Milkman. Appreciate that. Uh, Shannon tweets the show, go Miners, hashtag Miner Talk. Appreciate that, Shannon. Uh, Joe Chacon tweets the show, 3K in attendance on a Wednesday game. Might be the same come football season. LOL, I hope not. But hashtag just saying, hashtag anything for national TV, hashtag October 18th on the calendar, hashtag it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it play uh, if it pays off for them. Hashtag calling in on the 19th of October. Okay. All right, Joe Chacon. We'll hold you to that. We'll we'll keep a, a tracker on the nineteenth of October. Um, Wednesday football, Sal. You good with that? Bring it on. Okay. Bring it on. Let's do it. Uh, Ruben Ramirez tweets the show. Two of the all-time greats that graced the hardwood at the dawn. Johnny Smooth Melvin and Greg Foster. Hashtag UTEP basketball. Hashtag UTEP photog. Uh, coming from Ruben Ramirez. Love the photo and uh, love the fact that. Uh, Greg Foster, Johnny Smooth Melvin were hanging out at the Don tonight. It's always cool to see some legends in attendance. Um, Want to turn the page, look over to the upcoming game on Saturday, UTEP taking on Rice. This is uh, an important one for UTEP to try to steal on the road. And we talked about this already. Miners, in my opinion, have to win two of these three games on this stretch. They just won one of them. Uh, Sal, what do you think? Rice, Charlotte, can they win both? Is that too much? Or can they lose both? The- I think all of that is obtainable depending on which team shows up. You know, they've competed with the top likes of a conference USA. So I think at the very least, though, they split. Um, I'd rather take, ah, man, it's tough. Maybe a Rice win over over Charlotte. But either way, though, if they don't show up to play and they're on the road – where they haven't won yet, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, it will. It will. I'm really looking forward to both of those. Rice on the road, UTS, uh, excuse me, Charlotte on the road. Uh, Rice is Saturday. Charlotte is a rare Monday game. Uh, it's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend uh, this weekend, so I guess that's why they're playing it Monday. And it's an afternoon tip-off as well. Um, hey, let's get over to our awards to close out tonight's show. Let's start off with our hot hand of the game. This is going to Jonathan Dos Anjos. He played in 12 minutes off the bench. He scored 10 points. He was 4 of 5 from the field. Also banged out a pair of three-pointers in this one and contributed with a pair of rebounds. Jonathan Dosanjos winning his first award here on our show, and that's thanks to Win Supply El Paso. Hey, I know it's early. I know it's it's kind of early to start thinking about the uh, spring and the summer, but the warm is uh, the warm here in the city of El Paso is right around the corner. And if you're looking for somebody to uh, re- to rely on for air conditioner parts or for services, uh, rely on Win Supply El Paso. They have over 50 years of serving El Paso, and you can choose a trustworthy HVAC system. 
system supplier here in this city by choosing Wind Supply of El Paso. Give them a call or check them out online, windsupplyelpaso.com. Call them at 915-859-3817. Now let's go over to our player of the game. In this one, uh, we got to give a lot of credit to Shamar Givens and what he was able to do through the final stretch. 28 minutes of action, uh, 12 points. He also chipped in with four assists four rebounds, three turnovers, and in this one uh, is plus nine in terms of efficiency. Really killed it in the second half with seven points, uh, helping the Miners to victory in the final stretch of this game. We're going with Shamar Givens as our player of the game, brought to you by Keith Southwest. They are the leaders in industry middle uh, metal stamping since 1958. Get in touch with Keith Southwest online today at KeatsMFG.com. Sal, you good with those play, uh, player of the game, hot hand of the game? Uh, I like the hot hand of the game uh, choice, definitely um, definitely giving there, but I probably would have gone Tay Hardy, uh, player of the game. However, it's kind of like, hey, you get $100, do you want it in 20s or 50s? <laughs> You're getting yeah, the same amount, different types. So, uh, no, it was... I have no problem with the with the pick. Okay, not not a not a problem at all there, Sal. I like that. I like that that you're good. I'm good. We're ready to we're ready to keep moving. Uh, Chris Banks asked, "Was Malik Zachary on the bench tonight? And is he still in the doghouse?" Uh, I don't think he was ever in the doghouse, Chris. I would just say that he's uh you know exactly what head coach Joe Golding said. He's away from the team right now, and uh, they'll welcome him back on the team. Um, you know, he needed this time away from from the team for personal reasons, so mm-hmm. they're going to respect that. But made it sound like he's in good standing. Just made it seem like it's uh, yeah. it's on uh, Malik Zachary right now. So hope he gets back uh, back and uh, hope everything's all good with him. So you know, we'll we'll just wait and see. Uh, turning the page, looking over to Rice. That Saturday, we'll have the coverage for you for this one, and then we'll have minor talk right after the contest as well. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. Uh, but that'll do it for us here on the show. Thanks to everybody who tweeted in on the show and who tuned in. Uh, special thanks to Sal Montes as always, and special thanks to UTEP Zay out courtside shooting photos for us as well. Uh, for the Oscar Addy at the Agency, they are our presenting sponsor here on Minor Talk. They uh, are available at OscarAddyAtTheAgency.com for all your home, auto, life, or commercial insurance needs. That's the Oscar Arietta Agency. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus. We're signing off tonight saying thank you so much for listening. UTEP defeats UTSA 69-50 and you're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Addy at the Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.